everyone, Rainy jumping in from the future here with an apology that this episode did not come out when it was supposed to. As you may have seen on our social media or heard when we streamed, recently the DMs After Dark family had a little bit of health issues with one of our DMs, Troy, recently undergoing some heart surgery, and the week before that, my family also had a little bit of medical issues, so things got a little hectic, things got a little crazy, and as we always say, life comes first. It's great to game and everything like that, but it was one of those times where the game took a backseat. So, thank you for your patience, and I hope that you enjoy this finale of Miru 2. Hello again, everybody. Rainy here with another episode and the final episode, series finale of Playing With Myself on the Internet, Miru 2. We will be wrapping up Miru 2 today, no matter what happens. But before we get to that, let's get to some announcements. As we've said a few times, we've got t-shirts, we have RuneQuest, and I know we've teased it a few times about our upcoming Thousand-Year-Old Vampire campaign, but with Amber out in Iowa helping Troy recover after his surgery, we're actually going to be doing a surprise little... Not a playing with myself solo thing by another one of the DMs, but actually a two-player game that's going to be coming out soon in the off weeks in between RuneQuest sessions, so keep an ear out for that. It's going to be really fun and exciting, and I think you might be surprised at which of the members of the DMs After Dark are doing this. And actually, I think that's about it for announcements, so why don't we go right into a recap and talk about what happened last time on Miru 2. It started the same way that this session is going to start, with us returning to the Android Village to get some more information, a new quest, things like that. And then afterwards, we looked for some hidden bitliths and explored some cool new areas, including a golf course, a junk emporium, another radio tower. There was also space stations, nice easy days at the end there. Mirror 2 has had a little bit more in the way of like three or four day stretches that have been surprisingly easy, which, you know, it comes with a benefit and a drawback in that the benefit is no problems that day. The drawback is not only do we not get to flex our muscles and improve our tech skills, but we also don't get any more treasure. So it's kind of interesting how easy days aren't necessarily the best thing for being ready to fight this robot god. Speaking of fighting the robot god, that's going to happen in this session, but first we are going to spend our first two days going back through the hills of the grassland where our android friend DJ lives and then arriving back at the android village on days 43 and 44. So on day 44 when we enter the village, we're going to pick up the next quest, which is the last quest, and it says, After walking around the village for a bit, you sit on a park bench. An android sits next to you, and their body is shaking. They're trying to hide it. They lean over and tell you they've got some bad news recently, and they're going to have to leave the village soon. They tell you the rust can act quickly on some androids. They ask about your travels, and you explain the whole god situation. They pull out a key from their bag and hand it to you. They tell you they had a romantic fling with a human many years ago. They don't remember where the house was anymore, but that it looked over a river that's probably dried up by now. Thanks for the chat. Good luck with the god thing. It's easy to forget that a single snowflake is responsible for an avalanche. 
they get up and walk away, and you obtain one house key, which incidentally is one of the badges. So if we end up rolling for the encounter where this matters, that'd be cool. We spend the day in the village, restocking, doing the little bits of upkeep we need to do. And the next morning, as we're leaving the village, we walk out of the hotel, where we've gotten many good nights sleep, and see that a crowd has gathered and is surrounding an android that has lit themselves on fire. Oh. Man, these androids. They really got a rough deal out of this whole thing. All the more reason to go after Alora. Now, I have all of the hexes surrounding this village completed, but we are moving on to day 45. And day 45 has a cutscene. And because of how it starts, I'm actually going to cheat a little bit, forgive me, Haino Kodo. But it says, move to a new tile. It is a grassland, and it's raining. So I'm going to move myself a few tiles over, and what we're going to do is we're going to just say this is day 48 instead. As I've backtracked through some of the familiar areas, DJ's place, the Red Roof Apartments, where I tried to get that money, and the golf course, I arrive in a new area that is grassland, and it is raining. You spend the morning walking by a small stream. You notice a sock floating down it, and find it strange, but keep walking. Then you hear the sounds of people laughing. you found your people. It looks like they're getting ready to leave the campsite. You run and hug and greet the first people you can. They're excited to see you. But as you tell them all the things you've been through, the village leader arrives and confronts you. She tells you all the trouble you've caused, the people who've died from the migration, the wild androids that have attacked them. You can't be here, she says. You need to leave. She's very aggressive about you leaving, but you just stare at her in disbelief. Your heart sinks and pit begins to swell in your stomach. Where, where will you go? She pushes you and tells you, fuck off, seriously. Get as far away from us as you can. Alora told us about a place northeast of here, a fresh start, and we're going to start over. We'll survive without you messing it up. A helper F2 limps through the crowd and right up to you. It looks you up and down. Alora's distorted voice crackles through its speaker. My patience is wearing thin. Leave or die. Behind the bot, the village leader is motioning you to shoo away. But you just stand there in shock. Fine. Life is about choices. I respect yours to end your own. The helper F2 says and promptly shuffles back through the crowd. The ground begins to shake as a massive robot that looks like a gorilla bursts through the tree line. You want to run with everyone else, but you know you have to fight. You tell everyone to get as far away as they can, and if you're lucky, you'll come looking for them again. Alora has taken a new form, and we are going to fight the god. It's a tough one. It's got 60 hit points. Five defense, impossible to escape against. Oh boy, here we go. Luckily, thanks to the hotel, we are at full HP and EP. 
and we are ready to go. We are standing there like John freaking Snow as the horses come at him, except this time it is a giant gorilla robot god. As always in Mirror 2, it does get to swing first, so here goes. Strong start. It's a 5 for 14 points of damage. Even with my 8 defense against robots, that's taking me down 6 hit points to 14. And with its 5 defense, it's going to be really hard to deal a lot of damage. But you know what we got? We got our new tech skill. It's time to shoot and swipe. I'm rolling 3d6, and if I get it, I've fully mastered this technique, which I easily do, so I get to make one attack with both my bow and one with my laser sword. Except actually, I'm going to lead off a little different. I'm going to start with my bow, and I'm going to attack with my solar-powered taser. It gets me one more point of damage, but also potentially stuns this gorilla god. So let's see. That's going to be 17 points of damage, minus its 5 defense is 12. Pretty strong hit, that's 20% of its hit points right off the bat. And then on its turn, I'm going to roll its d6 and see if it comes before, in which case it will be stunned. Oh, so close. It was another 5, so I'm going to take another 6 points of damage, bringing me down to 8. It is an absolute slugfest right out the gate. It comes through, crashing through this tree line, huge, massive arms on this gorilla-shaped god robot, and it's just tearing these trees right out of the ground. I yell at my people, even though they're pushing me away, to get out of there, stand at the ground for a moment, let it hit the ground and shake it. As I dodge the largest tree that has come my way, I still trip in the roots that have been dug up from the ground, going down, kind of hurting myself, but I get up, launch an arrow, jam my taser in up underneath the armpit of this gorilla god, hoping that it's going to shock it and stun it. It does not. I get backhanded again and roll across the ground. But it has knocked me far enough away that I am going to say, just because of how desperate this is, I held onto my bow and I get a second chance to shoot and swipe. I have now mastered that technique, so I automatically get it. That's going to be 16 points of damage this time, so one less. It's going to take 11 and bring it down to 37 hit points. Seeing that I have the advantage of launching a ranged attack every single time, this gorilla is going to leap into the air, its giant robot body. You can see the metal of its body in certain parts shining in the sun that cracks through the rain. The rain is pouring down and creating puddles and just waterlogged soils in parts where these trees have been dug up and partially ripped out of the ground. And as it lands with a huge splash, it's going to try and hit me. Let's see. Oh, only a three that time. So that's 10 damage. I only take two. I've kind of learned to hide in the hollows that it's creating as it's hitting this soft earth. It cushions the blow a little bit. I only take two. I'm down to six hit points. Now, if I don't take it down, which I'm not going to in this turn, and it gets one more five or six, that brings me to zero hit points. But I am prepared. I've taken a licking once or twice from this god, and I found a first aid kit in one of the previous episodes, which says can be used in combat, there's two uses of it, and it restores 10 hit points and 10 energy points, bringing me back up to 16 hit points, 18 energy. We're going to say that it's like just an adrenaline shot with some other stuff mixed in, an adrenaline cocktail that I just shoot the syringe right into my thigh, 
like you're hitting someone with an EpiPen, and I just feel the surge of energy rush through my body, allowing me to make one more. You know what? Let's just really double down on the items right now. I also have a solar battery, which gives me an additional use of an electronic in combat, so I'm going to jab myself in the leg with my first aid kit using one of its two uses. I'm going to use my solar battery to recharge my taser, and I'm going to launch myself up out of the kind of hiding spot that I was in that managed to help me weather most of the last blow. And I'm going to use jumping attack. You jump at me, Gorilla God, I'm going to jump at you, and I'm going to come down on the back of its shoulder and neck and head area and try and hit it with this solar-powered taser one more time as the rain is pounding down. Maybe this taser, the electronic shock of it, is just going to kind of catch all that water and it's going to spread that stun. We can only hope. And if I succeed on this tech skill as well, I'll also have mastered jump attack. And I do. I've mastered my techniques. I'm putting it all into practice. It is coming together. It is working. And that's going to be 10 plus 6 damage, 16 more, so 11 after its defense, bringing it down to 26 and a chance to stun it. Here goes, rolling its d6. Come up a 4, come up a 4. It's a 2, so that's actually not enough damage to bypass my defense against robots. I think my Alora mask that I'm wearing now, which was an improvement from my Cyclops mask from Miru 1. It turns and looks, but the mask almost kind of forewarns me. It's almost like it is coded or something about it shares a connection with this god, even though it is actively antagonistic to me. And I managed to duck just in time and avoid this blow. You know, I never thought of this, but as I'm thinking about my next attack, I wonder if I could combo the tech skills with the bow for all uses of shoot and swipe. I don't see why not. I just use the energy points for it. But I'm going to take out my laser sword and I'm going to roll and swipe the old classic, which is good enough for 8 damage after its defense, bringing it down to 18 hit points. And the book here says, When the god's health reaches below 20 hit points, it slams its fist into the soaking wet ground and runs away. Drenched, you look around and see you're alone again. There are no more days to count. From here on, all tiles experience adverse weather conditions as if you rolled a 1 for the weather. When you enter tile A11, B10, or B12, the game ends. And based on our snaking pattern for how we progressed through Miru 2, we are right next to all three of those tiles. So we make shelter. With our improved camping gear and some fruits, we manage to actually recover all of our hit points after the use of the first aid kit in that combat. And we wait, alone, knowing that our people, who we've looked for for months at this point following the death of our brother, they've moved on and they don't want us back. There's only one thing to do. The same thing we decided to do when we left in the first place. And that's end this. And kill this god.
there is one hex tile that is not one of the three tiles that will end the game right next to where we are. So I'm going to explore it because I love rolling for a new tile. So let's grab our 5d6. Actually, I guess we don't need the weather die. So let's grab our 4d6 and see what we find there. Yep, it's exactly what it should be. We're back in the swamp. We've rolled for ruins, and we've done almost everything in the swamps because of how often we've rolled it in Miru 2. It's been crazy. And we got ruins, and the clarifying die was one, so it says, probably for the best. You walk up to the edge of a lake and see a roof of an old church just above the water. On top of the roof is a stuck helper F2. It looks at you. You look at it. And you're not going to help it. You just keep walking. But we know those helper F2s are the eyes of Alora, so the god knows exactly where we are. No use hiding. No use running. Let's go in to the very far corner tile and end this. As I move into tile B12, it is a grassland and it is raining. You dream about your brother. You're both at a bar. The friends with you are laughing. Everyone's drinking heavily. The bartender kicks you out and you all leave to walk home. It's so late the roads are empty. Your brother drunkenly dances through the streets, setting off the alarms of parked cars. You laugh and yell at him to get out of the road, but he doesn't listen. There's a sinking feeling in your stomach and you begin to panic as you yell for him to get out of the road, but nothing comes out of your mouth. Time slows down. Frozen and unable to move, you watch a giant four-eyed robot run up to your brother and stab him through the stomach. It lifts him off the ground and tosses him to the side. It freezes in place and stares at you. You want to scream for help, but nothing comes out. And then you wake up. You're so exhausted from it all. You walk slowly through the rain. You feel obligated to give your people this disc of knowledge, even if they want nothing to do with you. As you approach a hill, you hear the sounds of a crowd. And someone yells, Oh shit, is that? A loud crash to your right interrupts the moment. You turn and you see the god from before. Tearing trees out of the ground to get to you. It's making a loud, distorted scream that's bringing everyone to their knees, their hands over their ears. It sets its eyes on you and swipes the ground with its giant metal gorilla claws. It's back. It's mad. It knows I'm chasing it. And I came back for my people. This is where it ends. Surprisingly, its stats are quite weakened from even the last time we fought it. Its defense is lower. It's looking like it's just been picking at itself. Parts of its armor are missing. Maybe it's from what I did in 
the fight the other night, but I can't tell. I don't remember. It just doesn't look as hardy. 40 hit points, 3 defense. Here goes. It claws at the ground and digs up a huge swath, and as it does so, it flings a boulder that was under the surface at me. Let's see what it does. Of course it does. That's a 5. For 15 damage, I'll be taking 7, bringing me down to 13 right off the bat. But it's raining, and I'm pissed, and I'm ready. I don't know if this is allowed, but I'm doing it. I'm going to shoot and swipe, and I'm going to use tech skill 6 to improve the attack that I make with my bow and arrow, charging them with electricity to potentially stun. And you know what? If I'm going to combo these things, I might as well combo these things. So I shoot, and just like we said before when I learned the technique, this time I'm going to shoot my one shock enhanced arrow with this additional tech skill, and then I'm going to run in, I fling my bow out of my hands as I release, and close immediately sprinting towards this gorilla god, and I'm going to dodge and strike using half of my total EP in one turn to improve my attacks. I don't need to roll for either of them, so the total damage is going to be 20 points of damage between one electrified arrow and one laser sword swing. Minus its three defense, that is 17 points of damage. Huge hit opening this whole fight to end it all. And now we roll to see if I roll that four, which will stun it and it will not get to act. Come on. Of course not, it's a six. This little bit of electricity isn't going to stop it. In fact, I've put myself in a terrible position by closing the distance. Maybe my anger, that nightmare is getting the best of me, and I'm just ready for this to be done. I have found my people, what I've been trying to do. And it's just going to bring down a huge meaty hand on me for another seven points of damage. I am down to six hit points. I think I have to use the other use of that first aid kit, adrenaline shot right into the thigh to basically bring me back to 16 hit points and back to full energy points surging through my body. I'm going to do another, oh, you know what? I'm going to do another shoot and swipe, but I'm going to get real dumb with it. We've never successfully used this tech skill and it is time to do it. 3d6. I have to roll a single one EMP bomb with my taser. If it works, I'll deal that 10 damage and stun three and then follow up with an attack with my laser sword. Come on, we can do it. We finally got it. We finally got it in the finale. Let's go. EMP bomb. First time we've successfully used that tech skill. After the massive metal hand of this gorilla god comes down and just almost flattens us. We've gotten good at rolling out of the way. We took a big hit there, but as we crawl out of the massive hole that this thing has just put in the wet ground, one well-placed throw of a taser is going to EMP bomb this for 10 points of damage, and it has three stun now. And then I'm going to follow up with one laser sword, so that's 19 total damage, 16 after defense, bringing it down to 11 hit points. And I have to roll 3d6 this time. If any come up fours, 
it is stunned and loses its potentially last turn. Here we go, 3d6 for its turn, any fours. Not a single four. For a moment, there's hope that I have actually stunned this creature and I'm gonna be able to take my time. But it was just the slightest hesitation. It's gonna roll its damage. Only a one, so that little bit of hesitation, plus our Alora's mask. It does not deal enough damage to bypass our defenses. We get our hacked minor shield up in time and surprised at the weakness of its backhand swing with that meaty metal forearm. We stop it. And we only have to deal 10 damage with this attack. So we're going to do it in style. We've just mastered it. We are going to jump, attack, bring down a laser sword, and bury it in the head of this gorilla god. As its health hits zero, it freezes in place. The lights in its eyes turn off and it slumps to the ground. Hesitantly, the villagers gather around, and when they see that it is finally finished, they cheer me on for surviving. They're impressed that someone as small as me is capable of taking on such a giant machine. The village leader pushes through the crowd and approaches. And surprisingly, they give you a hug. She tells you she was trying to warn you earlier, but you weren't catching on to her hints. Of course you can join us, because this new place was recommended by Alora. We're going to need someone to watch our backs, because you know she's going to send something to control us. You begin to walk north towards the new area with everyone, when the crowd begins to gasp. Everyone slowly walks around a frozen helper F2. You walk right up to it and tap it on top of its head. It makes a little chime, and the small display on the side of its body flickers on. You rip off its antenna and pull the disc of knowledge out of your bag. You show it to the village leader and tell her this should help keep everyone god-free for a time. You place it in the helper F2 to decrypt it. The small screen shuffles through a series of cryptic symbols until it stops and displays a message in the robotic language and asks for a passcode. To decrypt the disk of knowledge, you'll need to solve the riddle and fill out the center of the barcode. Oh, I have to scan a QR code. Okay, let's see what happens. Pause for technology. Holy shit. I just spent a while with this book in my hands, with this PDF on my computer, and I could not figure out if I had to go back and do something in the game, if I had to figure out something I had missed from a quest or a location, but it's not that. And I am not going to spoil 
how to solve this riddle. I think I got lucky, but I will say that nothing about the design of this game, from the mechanics to the graphic design itself, the strange cryptic language that you've been encountering since Miru 1, and now I want to go back to Miru 1, and I want to look at it all over again, because once you realize that you can translate this language, there are new messages everywhere in these books, in these PDFs. And when I finally put in the passcode for the website, it loads this seemingly just kind of hinting at something. It says spring 2024 with a cool little graphic design node looking thing. And is anyone surprised? Eventually a message pops up and it says, I am a God. You cannot kill. Wow. So this is a short episode, but I really hope that anyone who's stuck through and listened to Miru 1 and 2 can see just how great this game is. And right as you're getting used to it and right as you're going through all of the discover a new tile, roll for terrain and weather and encounter and resolve and get new things and learn new tech skills and you're getting good at this game. I just finished and I mean, I feel like I could play this game again and it would be totally different because the first map I make would be totally different. The items I get would be totally different. And now that I know how Miru 2 ends, I guess I got to wait for whatever's coming next. Hino Kodo absolutely crushed it with this game. It comes with a soundtrack that if you listen to it, there are creepy. It's the music I've been playing the entire time. If you've been listening to the series, any of the background music you've been hearing is most likely from Hino Kodo and Mimic Publishing's Static Abyss music that came out with the game, which is awesome. Such a cool, creative way to add to the experience of you playing a game. And... As soon as I hear about it, I am going to come back and I'm going to keep trying to kill this god. Well, short episode, series finale on playing with myself on the internet, Miru. And please stay tuned for more stuff that DMs After Dark has coming. We have another exciting duo, not not quite a solo series coming up, but a duo and I've got a clever name for that one, too, but I'm very excited to get more of those and edit those and listen to it and put it out for you all to listen to. We obviously have RuneQuest going strong, Six Seasons in Sartar. We are moving through that campaign, and eventually we are going to get back to putting together the Thousand-Year-Old Vampire, but various things have kind of slowed that progress down. That's okay. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do that a little different. I can't wait to... That's going to be a fun editing and kind of producing challenge for me. And don't worry, as I've said uh, in earlier episodes, 
I am going to keep doing stuff. I am going to keep putting out either solo plays or I'm going to be working on doing maybe starting up an alternate week stream where we do stuff more like we were doing before. Shorter series, one shots, silly shenanigans, stuff like that. And as always, we wrap up with the Sarah Classic. Thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please consider rating this on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. It goes a long way towards helping other people discover us and us getting our podcast in various suggestion feeds and things like that. You can always follow us on any of the social medias. We have Facebook, Instagram, X, or whatever it is now. I don't know if we have threads. I don't know if we have a blue sky. I don't really know. Look for us on various social medias, and if you find us, give us a follow, send us a message, say hi. You know, you might see something that we're up to or want to share some stories. If you want to do that more one-on-one, you can always email us at dmsafterdark at gmail.com. We love getting emails. We've gotten more and more as we've continued to go on. And I believe when this comes out, I think it's going to be right around our two-year anniversary as a crew that have been streaming and putting games out on the internet. So if we've entertained you at all over the course of these two years with a game please let us know which one you liked the best tell us which other games you'd like us to play and explore and read and give our opinions on and until next time just because you can't stop something for good doesn't mean you can't slow it down so keep at it see you soon